What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to Nerdwide Podcast, episode 16, where we're going to talk about TVs, movies, and games, not including our Superman and Lois review. We've also got multiple, multiple, multiple news things, and no, it's not about Zack Snyder's DC Justice League. It's actually about Spider-Man 3 and Joe Biden to sign an executive order on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. But before we get there, I'm Tyler Haynes with my favorite co-host, the man, the myth, the Mr. Chris Rivers. What's happening, Tyler? You know, it's 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 been a good week. We've got a lot of news to talk about, and that always fills me with excitement because uh, you know we just people just get to hear our takes and opinions in our beautiful voices, and that's what they come here for. So, how have you been? That's I just wonder yeah. how have you been? Uh, I finally thought out after uh, after last week. Oh no, that was rough. Oh, it was finally thought out. That just thought out. I was like, thought out what? Thought okay. Out. No. <laughs> Yeah, it's been in the Thawed. 60s and 50s here. Yeah. Last week, our high one day was, I think, like 21. Yeah, yeah, and it was, it's not fun. We're, so. No, we're not, we're not used to that here. We're made for the, uh, the hot summers, not yeah. the... The muggy not the summers. I'm not, I'm not a fan of those either. The, uh, no. It's actually in the 70s right now. We're supposed to have some good storms tonight. Um, so if you hear anything in the background, that's what's going on. It's not my children throwing things at a wall, I promise. But Chris, I want to get into things. We've got a lot to talk about, none of which is uh, a new TV show we've been wanting to talk about that finally premiered. But first, quick housekeeping. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel if you like what you like and hear and see. Set so little uh, subscribe buttons right there in the red. Or if you're on your audio on iTunes podcast, it's purple. So whichever, however you listen, make sure you hit subscribe. If you like what you like, like it on the video on YouTube. If you have any comments on how we can improve what you like, what you didn't like, let us know. We'd love feedback, and the only way we can improve is from that feedback. Uh, we also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash nerdwide. If you feel like subscribing is not enough, anyone give a little bit back to us. That's the way to do that. But first, Chris, let's get right into this with our TV topics. And of course, uh, from here on out, we've, if you're watching live, we've got a spoiler button. So anytime we're talking about anything spoilery, it will be live there. So click through or scroll through if you don't want to hear any spoilers. Um, by the time this video posts and or audio will post, it will be Monday. So WandaVision spoilers are go and are live. Have you watched anything else before we get into this? Uh, the only other thing I watched TV-wise outside of WandaVision and, of course, Superman and Lois, there's a four-episode uh, documentary on Netflix about the Cecil Hotel um, and the Elisa Lam case. My my wife watched it. Uh, I had a co-worker watch it and explain everything to me. Um, uh, Chris, I want to know, what, what do you think? What's your thoughts? I think she got off her medications. Mm -hmm. She was having an episode and unfortunately found her way to the roof and uh, probably thought she was going to hide from someone that wasn't really there in one of the water tanks. It wasn't full enough for her to be able to pull herself out, and she eventually drowned. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm the same way. The My wife thinks that, you know, because there was a discrepancy – because someone said the roof was on the water tank. Some people said it wasn't, but they said ultimately that was just a big miscommunication and the water mm -hmm. tank was off and she actually yeah, drowned. So, okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah, and I, I, I do believe that there are places that just have bad energy. Mm -hmm. 
where negative things tend to happen more often there than in most places, and that's definitely one of them. I, I don't plan but to go there. I don't think there was, I don't think there was anything, you know, supernatural about that particular case. No, that's just a very unfortunate situation, and I, I hate it. But that's kind of crazy that I've seen it, and now that you've seen it, it's something I would never really know anything much about but <laughs> uh you know we've watched the bachelor we've watched a couple episodes of um the upload recently but i've actually been back on my voltron kick the the newer voltron okay. on netflix i'm back wow. into season three and that's one of my favorite all-time shows and i just it's one of those guilty pleasures i just want to keep re-watching you know what i mean so right but all right let's do it Spoilers button is active. WandaVision episode eight. We've got episode nine next week, the finale. Uh, Chris, I want to hear your, your initial reaction on this one. Wow. Uh, I love the format of the episode. Um, I love the fact that we got to see things from her past that we didn't expect we were going to get to see. Uh, they kind of uh, retconned her her abilities from what we had been led to believe they were or how how she how she got them anyway in the MCU initially because they there were certain things that they they couldn't use the word mutant mm -hmm. uh, and and they couldn't use the name Scarlet Witch um, so they now have the rights to those things back and uh, it's I guess they feel anyway it's freeing them up to explain things differently with how she got her powers. Basically the fact that they were always there. Mm -hmm. Something just had to activate them. And they, they were even there when she was little because that's kind of what they, they lead you to believe. The probability hex. The, um, the, the Stark Industries bomb would have gone off. But she was preventing that from happening without realizing it. You know what's annoying to me is I feel like they they don't... So I saw this on Twitter and it just made me just laugh out loud on this one. Is that they don't shoot these episodes until after the weekend and then release it because every single theory that I've ever seen gets squashed that next week. Like I had the theory that uh, Mephesto was that fly that was on the curtains that everyone kept paying attention to. Nope. They, oh, yeah. they killed that off right at the beginning. <laughs> and then we've, I think we've even talked about it before is I think I thought Magneto was going to be the, one of the guys that came in like the big, um, big reveal. And it was going to be, I think we've talked, I think I'm pretty sure it was either you or me. And it was one of us that said um, that Stark bomb that was supposed to go off. He was the reason it didn't. And then they squashed that theory this episode because it's her. She's the reason the bomb didn't go off. And um, you know, it's it's interesting because uh, I was earlier today. I was looking at a post, and they and they were pointing out the image of her when uh, when the Infinity Stone showed her kind of goes off, right? Yeah. And it, it shows the future Scarlet Witch, right? You see the outline of the mm -hmm. costume and everything, and that very. Um, um, specific headdress that she wears and everything. Right. But they pointed out if you looked at the bottom, it looked like another individual toward oh, no. her feet. Okay, so now, now I'm going to have to go back and look. 
Yeah. Because I, um, I saw the headdress, and I was wondering who the, who that was throughout the whole episode until the very end of it, when Catherine yeah. Hahn released it or showed. That's what it was. And so what, what I'm wondering is, is that going to be Mephisto? Mm. Do you still think Mephisto's you know, in play he's, here? He's he's kind of hidden there yeah. in the image. See, so maybe. There's, I feel like, I mean, I, I enjoyed the episode because it, it summed up everything we, it was like more of a recap than it was uh, like a tr- true and true episode. I feel like they did it so well, though. Um, and even the quote about uh, grief from Vision, you know, when Civil War was going on, it was um, uh, grief is the love persevering. And I just felt like that was, mm-hmm. was beautiful. Like, and it was so beautiful. Um, and then, you know, so technically, Brian Cranston's in the Marvel Universe. Uh, because mm-hmm. he was in that episode of Malcolm in the Middle, just throwing that out there. Uh, so he won't be a character anytime. But it's, I'm curious to see what the finale is. Uh, it's going to be action-packed. I think they're looking at a, an hour and 10 minutes uh, of a runtime. Yeah. So about an hour and then 10 minutes of credits. <laughs> well, l- l- let me ask you this. Yeah, because on ne- on uh, on Disney Plus, if you just let that play out, it just keeps showing all the credits in different languages. Mm-hmm. It doesn't cut off. No, that's anno- annoying as as everything. But Paul Bettany had been uh, posting on social media. I can't remember how long ago that um, he was. There was someone coming up that he was really looking forward to working with. That he'd been looking forward to working with his entire life. You know who it is, don't you? And well, they're thinking it's him. Yeah, himself. Because he's, yeah. <laughs> but then I also wonder because of how Marvel does stuff. Did they urge him to put that out, knowing that people would think the end of this episode would have people thinking that, and then the real reveal is in the finale? I see. I don't know. I mean, I can't. I won't put anything past Marvel at this point or anything that they do. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, it's it's very plausible. Oh man, but it's good. There's, there's just so <laughs> there's, there's so many people that. Yeah, man, they they blew expectations out of the water as far as um, we thought that Wanda one was doing all this. Found out, mm-hmm. yes and no. Um, Two, right. we thought that she took Vision's body. No, the mind stone that was inside of her, or I guess the, the energy from it, made Vision. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure this is our new pride and true Vision. This is how they bring him back to life. Or he might sacrifice himself, either or. But well, he's not the same one, though. Too, no, so. he doesn't have any of those memories. And uh-huh. it's, uh, I feel like wh- however it ends, it's, we're still going to have a lot of questions, and they're going to be answered in Doctor Strange. Because I just don't, I don't feel like we're going to, I feel like that's what Marvel does though. They give you what you want, but they, there's a little bit that you're still wondering why or what or how. And then that's how they set these movies up. So I feel like that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I, I was a big, big fan of this episode though. And um, one thing I did want to ask you about, as of right now, they still have not greenlit a season two. Right. Do you think we get a season two? 
I, d I or don't. Or is this just meant to bridge that gap to Doctor yeah. Strange and set up the rest of what's coming? That's that's what I feel like it is. And I've seen conversations like this around um, your Twitter and Reddit and stuff like that and other podcasts. I, I do feel like this is a – it's meant to be a – a mini movie, if you will. Like, I mean, it's, it's still got all of the, the budget and everything as a more normal MCU movie would, but they did it in different formats. And I feel like this could only work in a television format and a weekly a drop format as well. Um, I would love a season two, but I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I think the next time we see Wanda and or Vision will be in Doctor Strange 2. And I'm very curious to see what it does like you know how during your normal mcu movies it fades to black and then it says you know iron man will return in the avengers i feel like it's going to be wanda will return in doctor strange 2 or doctor strange multiverse right. of madness so I, I feel like that's what's what, going to happen what i would like to see is um let's do like a six episode series and, and, and give the kids their uh their own show Uh, I don't know. I, I just, I feel like it's going to be, I, st I, I think, it, yeah, it's going to be a, a one season gig. I feel like that's how Falcon, the winter soldiers are going to be as well. And then mm. as far as that one goes, I think we'll get a, a new captain America movie. It depends what happens at the end of that one, but, or what if everyone's in multiverse of madness? That'd be mind boggling. So, yeah, but, yeah, it really would be. Well, well, we'll see. I mean, it's that's part of the fun of all these, mm -hmm. right? Because of the way they make everything work is the speculation. Anybody could show up, even if they've already killed off the character. If they can, they'll find a way to bring them back. Right. It's and it's the part that keeps you guessing too, really. Because I mean, are they going to bring mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z back or what? But we'll see. But Chris, now it's time for everyone's homework and what I've personally been so excited about uh, to watch and to finally premiere. It is time for our Superman and Lois episode one review. And of course, again, we're going full in spoilers for this. You've had a week and a half to uh, about a uh, half a week to watch this. And so we're going to go right into this. I, I absolutely loved this episode. Um, the way that I figured, you know, we talked, I, I figured that the kids finding out he's Superman was going to be a several episode thing, like halfway through the season. Uh, I did not expect it to be the first episode. I didn't expect them moving to Smallville, Smallville be the first episode. Didn't expect them to kill his mom off so soon. Uh, we got Lana Lang in the picture. We've got mother trucking Lex Luthor in the picture right. now. And I, I loved it from all the tropes it had in there from the 1970s movie, all the tropes from Smallville, all the, you know, from Man of Steel. Um, there are so many. I mean, even the Easter egg of, uh, of Jerry Siegel and, um, and Schuster's name on the, on the blackboard. And then um, one of the other comic book writers was on the blackboard as well. And I, I, I loved it. The, the quarrels I had... Oh, and the, the whole, the, I thought we were going to wait for the kids to get their powers to be a, 
a down the road thing as well. No, that I mean all of this happened that first episode and it felt like to me watching a movie, the way that they shot it, it did not feel like any other Arrowverse show. I don't know if it felt that way for you, but I felt like the, the tones that they used, the, the beautiful music that they used, it was just was absolutely well done. Now, the only things I had problems with, um, the suit, I did not mind, except in certain mm-hmm. scenes, it looked so bulky and just like very yeah. not, and padded and just didn't look very realistic. I'm hoping that um, that was just for the pilot and we kind of get a, a slimmer, uh, more uh, Tyler Hecklin cut suit. Um, and hopefully we don't have to use that padded suit. I mean, this is just a small quarrel for me. And then the some of the scenes with the teenagers, the actors, um, like some scenes they did really well, and then some of them I was like, oh, like that. It just just didn't look good to me. But other than that, right. I can be man. I I loved this, and um, I'm I'm honestly giving it an, an A minus as far as a review, just because there were those things that, and like and the, when Lex was speaking above the earth in his suit, I was like, eh, that's not a uh, that didn't didn't work that well for me either, but you, you right. never know because he could have been shooting that in a closet somewhere for his his voiceover because this was shot during COVID. I mean, yeah. So, yeah. What, what about you, Chris? Uh, yeah, I'd probably come in right about there, right about an A minus. Um, I stay completely away from any information about this show. Good. So, when the uh, I mean, e- even as far as knowing how they had it laid out, nothing. So I was surprised when they went a few years into the future and, oh, they've got kids. And yeah, twins on top of that. It was, yeah, and I thought, okay, this is going to be interesting. And the way that they lead you to believe uh, Jonathan is the one that's going to have mm-hmm. abilities because he's such a good athlete and he's popular and he's, you know, it's like, okay, it's going to be him. He's going to be the next. Yeah, blonde haired, blue eyed. Superboy. Yeah. Yeah. And then it turns out to be, and I'm, I'm what's the brother's name? Uh, you got Jonathan Jordan. Jordan. Turns out to be Jordan. Spoiler. Yeah. Right. Uh, but the way they revealed it, I love that, you know. Like, you just, the stereotype for a character like Jonathan has been drilled into our heads so much. You know, the star quarterback or or potential star quarterback Mm -hmm. of the football team, like you said, blonde-haired, blue-eyed. Looks like he's got everything mapped out. He gets into a fight. You just expect, okay, they're going to have him win this somehow. Right. We're, We're about to see the powers. And he starts getting his butt kicked, and uh, his brother, his powers just activate. Oh, dude, that it was so. It looks so good though, when his eyes started lighting up red. I kind of crept down to here, uh, his um, his bones right here. Oh, it was beautiful. Well done. Yeah, and I I like how we're getting a. Because um, I started right off the bat, you know, he's an awkward kid. He's got social anxiety. He's got all this uh, mm-hmm. anxiety disorder. He's in therapy, and and seeing Superman struggle with that, and trying to connect with his son, and then that last scene with him and Jordan on the steps, um, and then like I've, I've watched a couple of videos after because I watched this episode twice, 
and I watched it after um, the first episode, the first time I watched it. And when you had, there were so many different tropes of the, the 19, I think 76 was when the first movie came out, the first Superman. Uh, but the music was always swell and be like beautiful and elegant when he was Superman. But when he was a normal, when he was Clark Kent, just a normal civilian or with his family, there was no music. And so, like, I watched it the second time and noticed things like that. Like, it just, it was beautiful. Like, even, like, when his, um, when Jordan got his, uh, exhibited his powers, it was the same thing. The music swelled. And yeah. it's, and I feel like the way that, with the whole barn scene, where he, we were led to believe that it was Jonathan that protected him. And none of them got scratches or anything. Right. It was Jordan. And he knew it the whole time and flipped over. And I feel like there's going to be a lot of problems with that down the road as far as, like, the whole jealousy thing. But it's because they were making him out to be uh, a Superboy and a Lex Luthor-esque um, tropes, you know. And I'm very excited to see where we go from here. Um, I'm excited to yeah. see because we, we both know Jonathan's got powers, though. Because, I mean, he threw yeah. that football and it broke through the rope on the tire swing. So he's got powers. He just hasn't really tapped into it but both of them bleed and we know that now and man i'm just i'm i'm excited i, I felt like it having lana lang in the show i mean mm-hmm. i did not expect that at all when she started walking up i said that's lana i said there's no way they're not doing mm-hmm. that as lana and sure enough and oh it's really well done and and, and the whole storyline with morgan edge and mm-hmm. uh, and now having basically bought the bank mm-hmm. and then done these uh, these reverse mortgages on a lot of the farms for these older people. And of course we find out that uh, Ma Kent just puts herself in hock to take care of other people in the community. What a what a super mom. And you you know Edge wants that he wants that farm. Mm-hmm. We just don't know for what yet. Oh, it's so. I, I like how there there's going to be two villains. Obviously, we. Yeah. I don't think have you, you've watched Crisis? Well, have you watched Crisis? All yes. like eight episodes, whatever. Crisis. There. So I'm pretty sure that Lex Luthor will become a good guy because we still have John Cryer as Lex Luthor. I think this is mm-hmm. one because he was saying, you know, my home's been destroyed. I'm like you. Uh, orphan, you know, orphaned with a new world and stuff like that. I'm pretty sure he is post crisis from a different world, and Superman is bad in his world, and that's why he's trying to go against him. He's measuring him up and everything. I'm pretty sure that's what they're going to do, and they're going to come up and defeat Morgan Edge. I don't know what happens with that Lex Luthor, but I feel like that's what's going to happen. But I, I can't wait. Like I, I am just so excited and so giddy for the next episode. And it's, it was everything I hoped it would be. It really, truly was everything I hoped it would be. Um, and let, let I'll say say this. One of my favorite Lois Lanes. Mm-hmm. She, she did so well. And the fact that she is so vocal on um, Twitter and Instagram and things like that. And she's loving that everyone's seen it. Oh, there was like so many celebrities that were talking about her performance, Tyler Hecklin's, and just the show period. Um, John Cryer, who I just mentioned, plays Lex Luthor in the Arrowverse, um, said he tweeted out and said, uh, 
you know, this is a really good soup story. He goes, but I can't stand that guy. And I was like, oh, dude, you're, you're living your character, and I love it. And it's like people like all across the comic book industry, um, the fandom industry of all of Superman. And, I mean, I, we have as a new Superman story. And... Mm-hmm. And I really hope it, it, it matches Smallville. I don't know if you got this feel from it, um, but just even just from you know this past year, we watched all of Smallville. And did you get that that feel that we're going going to go towards for this? As far as um, kind of yeah, because I mean it's Superman is Jonathan Kent, and then you've got these two boys now that are going to go into high school and figuring out their powers. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like it's going to be your uh, oh, what's this little, what's this meteor freak uh, for the episode or anything like that? But I feel like it's, I feel they could easily draw off of that. Um, and yeah. when they when they showed the street of or like the the pan of him when he was younger of Smallville's the street, um, the city town or the square, I was like, uh, I was looking, I was like, is that the building from? No, that's not the building from it. <laughs> I'm excited for it's more. It's like Smallville, the next generation. Right. I mean, it's exactly what it is. And I'm really excited. And you have, and this is one that you don't have to watch the other Arrowverse shows or Supergirl or anything to understand because they didn't even mention any of her or any of those. And that's why I was very curious. I was like, is this a, is this connected? But, and it is. So one, uh, one trope that they kind of kept alive and I want to see if, if, because you, you watched it twice. Right. Uh, was the whole idea that even his own children could be fooled by a pair of glasses. Yeah. <laughs> so. And I, I'm, I'm sitting there. when But when he pulled them off, when he told them who he was, he pulls the glasses off. And I thought I heard something uh, like, like a noise effect, just ever so slight. And it made me wonder was was that there and if it was can the glasses disguise who he is are they is it tech i would i would have to rewatch it because there was a bunch of music going on like they were starting to build up um yeah cuz the second time i watched it with my wife and she when the glasses came off and she was like, there's no way that they didn't know that because he doesn't sleep in his glasses and stuff like that. I said, right. I don't know. I couldn't tell from Jordan's face because I was paying attention to him. And he, he kind of does like a, like kind of look like that. And, but I mean, have they seen Superman up close? I mean, I know you've seen pictures and stuff, but you can tell that you're dad. I mean, right. you know that, but well, I think it was more noticed. so of the, when he flew up with a truck was when they kind of realized it or something like that. Because Superman has given press conferences. He's right. spoken to reporters. He's So you know what your dad's voice sounds like. Right. It doesn't change. <laughs> I so I think that I think it's one of those things that like you you always kind of know in the back of your head or like think about but then you're like, right. nah, there's no way. This little bubbling guy who's always late and stuff like that, there's no way it's him. I think but I think it's in the back of the head, though. And yeah. we haven't even talked about the very first scene of him in, in, his super, in the super suit 
is the classic comic book cover from Action Comics yeah. with the green with car. The red underwear. Yes, and like it was, it was so beautiful. And that's what a lot of people loved about it because like the one of the first scenes was that, and everyone said because that scene quickly went to the internet and it was like this is my Superman, and like the way that they oh it was so good. Okay, we've got to get to the news, Chris. Let's take the spoilers tag down. I can't wait for Superman and Lois episode two. Um, well, hold on, I'm throwing it back on there. Did we? I know we talked about Lois just a little bit, but did, did you notice her reporting skills? Her reporter was like in it the whole episode because she was asking about Morgan Ed. She was inquiring about this mm-hmm. bank stuff. So she was very much the famous Lois Lane throughout this whole episode. Yeah. It was just the kind of, they kept it there, but kept it minor to the other story beats. So, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. All right, Chris, let's get right into this. We've got six news to talk about in the TV section today. Number one, another streaming service has entered the game. And we are talking about Paramount Plus. We're going to Verge.com for this one by Julia Alexander. In just over a week, CBS All Access will become Paramount Plus, a rebranded version of the streaming service that launches on March 4th. Paramount Plus will use combined franchi- franchises and assets from Viacom and CBS, who remerged in 2019, to offer more than 20,000 episodes of television and films from a number of networks. These networks and studios include BET, CBS, Comedy Central, MTV, Nickelodeon, and Paramount Pictures. Every announcement can be read on uh, Viacom CVS site. The streaming service will launch a t- at two separate pricing tiers, an ad-supported version that includes full breadth of Paramount movies, Paramount Plus originals, and a, quote, massive portion of library, end quote, according to streaming CEO Tom Ryan, and current seasons of CVS shows for $4.99. That is launching in June. The premium tier will have live sports supplemented with even more options, live CBS news feeds, and a live CBS TV experience for $9.99. The company will have more information about bundle options, quote, soon, according to Ryan. Customers on premium CBS All Access plans should just automatically roll into Paramount+. Plus. By the time the ad-supported version of Paramount Plus launches, the $5.99 CBS All Access plan will no longer be offered, but existing customers on that plan will be grandfathered in. Do we not have enough streaming services at this point? Like, what's the point of cutting no. away from cable? We need about 15 more. I mean, what what else is there? There's a sca- Discovery we, Plus, Disney Plus. Um, we we should have a Nerdwide Plus. Plus. Just our shows, just yeah. on repeat. <laughs> um, um, no, I, I, I thought the same thing when I heard this. Because Discovery Plus just launched. Right. Right, like two, three weeks ago, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit before that. Um, it's gotten to the point that if you like a lot of different entertainment options, to subscribe to all the streaming services you need to, you're basically paying the same as a cable bill. Right. And what's the, and like, I don't, there's going to be exclusive stuff we're about to talk about that it's going to have that I am going to have to purchase. And, Mm-hmm. I'm just like it's 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 all exhausting at this point. And I think I'm honestly I'm close to fifty dollars, if not more than that, just for the services I have now. As far as you know, Netflix, yeah. um, Amazon Prime, I don't really count because there's a whole different service with that. But you know what I mean. And I'm very curious to see if this one leaves out because obviously CBS All Access did not work, and they were not seeing the money that they wanted to. So 
they're merging right. and doing this. So going on to the next one, all of these, uh, those next three star, uh, stories have to deal with this uh, new plan. Halo TV series jumps from Showtime to Paramount Plus and is set to premiere in Q1 2022. We're going to Collider.com on this one by Jeff Schneider. The series hails from Steven Spielberg's Amblin Television, which has been working on Halo for nearly a decade. Originally announced in 2013, the series was initially expected to launch Xbox's original content effort before moving to Showtime, once Xbox Entertainment Studios closed up shop in 2014. The network finally greenlit the expensive series in 2018, but the first season of the show was barely halfway through production when the pandemic hit and caused another delay. The series is currently shooting in Budapest, which is why it won't bow on Paramount Plus until early next year. The series adaptation of Halo reportedly takes place in the universe that first came to be in 2001, dramatizing an epic 26th century conflict between humanity and alien threat known as the Covenant. Uh, Pablo Schreiber from Den of Thieves stars as Master Chief, Spartan John 117, and Natasha McElhinney. California Californication co-stars as Dr. Housley, the brilliant, conflicted creator of the Spartan Super Soldiers. I mean, there's Californication. There's your your number one. I'm, I'm gonna buy, but I mean, at least that's not until 2022 Q1. Um, yeah. I, I did did not know that was still going on. I'm gonna be honest with everybody here. Did not know the Halo TV series was still going or going to happen uh, because, I mean, they announced it in 2013. Here we are eight years later. But here's where yeah, well. here's a little bit more stuff for, uh, for some of the younger and uh, millennial generations here. Number three, Nickelodeon announces a new Avatar Studio. We're going to Vulture.com. This is Chris Murphy for this one. The Avatar universe is expanding. Variety reports that beloved children's network Nickelodeon is launching a newly formed division, Avatar Studios, dedicated to creating content surrounding Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. Uh, they really screwed up, and instead of Avatar Studios, it should have been called Team Avatar, but I digress. Original series creators and executive producers Michael DiMartino and Brian Conetico. I butchered that. Who exited Netflix's yeah. live-action Avatar The Last Builder remake to, due to creative differences will lead the division as co-chief creative officers under Ramsey Naito, president of Nickelodeon Animation. Uh, put a pin in that because we're going to come back. Avatar Studios content will appear on Paramount+, Plus, Nickelodeon's linear and digital platforms, as well as third-party platforms and in theaters. So for this, it sounds like you really don't need Paramount Plus for it because there's going to be on Nickelodeon's linear and digital platforms as well as third-party platforms. So, so that's okay. Quote, Avatar The Last Airbender and Korra have grown at least tenfold in popularity since their original hit runs on Nickelodeon, and Ramsey Naito and I are incredibly excited to have Mike and Brian's genius talent on board to helm a studio devoted to expanding their characters and world into new content and formats for fans everywhere, said Brian Robbins, president of Viacom CBS Kids and Family. Quote, creator-driven stories and characters have long been the hallmarks of Nickelodeon and Avatar Studios is a way to give Mike and Brian the resources and runway to open up their imaginations even more and dive deeper into the action and mythology of Avatar as we simultaneously expand upon that world in the world of content available on Paramount Plus and Nickelodeon. Unpin up here of them leaving Netflix. Was it because the sake of creative differences? I wonder if Nickelodeon and Viacom said, oh, since y'all left there, 
what if we gave you a whole new studio just to make Avatar related things, and you two are are you know co-creators of this whole thing? What do you say? It's all your vision. What do you think? And uh, I mean, that's the that's what I'm sure it's what happened. I don't think it was. Um, they were they were kind of approached while they were doing the Netflix series, because from what I understand, it was all creative issues within Netflix. Um, mm. And this is a big hit. This is a big hit from Netflix, especially with them wanting yeah. to do their own Avatar movie, because we're getting movies and TV shows out of this. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, they opened up a whole new studio. That's pretty cool. We're gonna keep going with the Nickelodeon train here, Chris. For an epi- uh, I'm for- excited about this so, one. Buddy. Oh, I I figured you would be because this is a pretty exciting one, even for me myself. Number four. Nickelodeon is rebooting the Rugrats with CG animation, and here's the fun part. The core voice cast is returning. We're actually going to USA Today. Did not ever say I was there on this show. With Kari, Kauri, um Malenbaum. Reptar fans rejoice. The beloved cartoon Rugrats is coming back. Nickelodeon and Paramount Pictures announced Monday that 26 Rugrats episodes are on the way. The release date, the release date has not been announced yet, and a live-action Rugrats movie with CGI characters will be out November 13th. Uh, it says 2020 in this story. Um, but, anyways. Though it's been 27 years since Rugrats premiered on Nickelodeon, the, the precocious toddlers haven't aged a bit. Save for when they were briefly on All Road Up, Tommy, Chucky, Phil, Lou, Lil, and Susie, and Angelica, and the gang, who have done everything from Crash at Ice Show and learn the story of Passover to cope with loss, are returning with the new adventures and additional characters. Yep. I, I'm just glad that the voice actors are back, because that's exciting, yeah. Yeah. and that's, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so good for good for Paramount. Uh, doing that for Nickelodeon. And this one didn't have an article to go with it, but we had a release date for Star Wars The Bad Batch, the series that will be on um, Disney+. And that starts streaming on May the 4th, and I could not have thought of a better day for that to come out on. <laughs> and then May the, the 4th be with you. And it's going to be with The Bad Batch, I hope. Because we've got uh, our uh, Melinda May from... Um, is it the shield yep. is going to be on there and i'm yep. really excited about that and mulan and mulan uh the mandalorian is there anything she hasn't been in well i i say put her in everything if we're gonna be honest with ourselves here she needs to be in wandavision yeah. next or she needs to be in the mcu somehow next i'm just throwing that out there and i'm sure I'm there are talks some, i'm wondering if at some point they don't bring agents of shield back at least some of them oh <sighs> Don't, don't tempt them, Chris. The last TV news stories here we've got today is new Transformers animated comedy series is in the works from Nickelodeon and Hasbro. We're going to Deadline.com by Denise Petsky for this one. A reimagined Transformers animated series is coming to Nickelodeon. Nick and Hasbro's Entertainment One have teamed to co-produce an original animated Transformers series based on the iconic global property. It is one of two Transformers animated series announced today along with a, few, a new show at Netflix. In the series, a new species of Transformers must find their place and purpose among Autobots, Decepticons, and the human family that adopts them. The 26-episode half-hour series will premiere exclusively on Nickelodeon in the U.S. before rolling out internationally. Internationally, um, That's awesome. I mean, there's, there's a lot of Transformers shows, um, and the fact that it's not going to 
Paramount Plus. I'm sure it will eventually, but it's launching on Nickelodeon first for the uh, for North America and then everywhere else after that. But I, you know, yeah. it's the, the the highlight from our TV section this week is a new streaming service and its effect it's going to have on everything else. Uh, yeah, that, no, no me gusta. But we've got a bunch of releases for you this week. <laughs> Sunday, February 28th, which is actually today, so by the time you hear this episode, it'll already have aired. The Walking Dead Season 10 comes out on AMC. Tuesday, March 2nd, The Flash Season 7 premieres. I need to catch up before I watch that. Thursday, March 4th, we get Pacific Rim The Black, and it comes out on Netflix. That is the animated show from the lore Pacific Rim. Friday, March 5th, Pokemon Journeys, the series, comes to Netflix. And then Sunday, March 7th, Pennyworth season two launches on Epics. And Chris, I really need to see season one. Yeah, we're we're gonna have to somehow get in on that one and watch that. But Chris, now it's time. Let's get into these movies, baby. It's time. Uh, we we kind of used our movie of the week on Superman and Lois, mm-hmm. right, for this week. But did you get a chance to watch any other movies? Um. Now, with a, couple, a lot of things that were happening um, in personal life, we, we didn't have a lot of time to do much yeah. movie watching. But I did watch Superman and Lois twice, yeah. so that's on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, I got into that Netflix documentary, too, and that took up some time. So. Yeah. Plus, we're, we're into overtime at work, especially missing a whole week, so mm-hmm. it really cut into the... Movie why, why do we have to work, uh, Chris? Why don't people just subscribe to our Patreon? So this is what we all we have to do. Just watch TV shows and movies and play games for you guys. What's going on here? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, really. What? <laughs> so so uh, you've already heard basically our review for the week. But uh, what was it? Thursday or Friday when you put the poll up on Twitter? Yep, we put the poll up. Or... Uh, Go ahead and fill us in on who won that. All right. Let me actually go straight to the poll here. So if you're not following me or the NerdWide account at Twitter, make sure you do. Uh, because this is where we will do our polls for when we have decisions like this coming out. So we put three up there that Chris suggested to me. So trying to pick out a review for NerdWide Podcast next week, here are the options. They were between I Care A Lot. Back to the Future, and The Labyrinth. We had five total votes, and for some reason it wouldn't let me vote, so I appreciate that. Uh, 80% said Back to the Future, and 20% said The Labyrinth. So, Chris, it looks like our review of next week is going to be Back to the Future, and I'm actually excited because it's way overdue for me watching it. So, <laughs> Yeah, I'd say so. What? Uh 36 years. Uh, yeah, it's t- Time is just a number. It, Let's just be honest. Time is just a number. <laughs> uh, but we, we were talking about in the pre-show, we might do the movie review picks this way from now on. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit of a little faint interaction there. Yeah. So, Back to the Future next week. And it looks like we have five. Count them. Five, one less than we had in television news stories. Uh, the first one, DC has greenlit a Blue Beetle movie featuring Jamie Reyes with director Angel Manuel Soto. 
And if I can get this to pull up on my phone. Oh, my phone's frozen. What? 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 Tyler, I'm you, having issues. You listen, you got you to leave those um, websites down for when we're recording a show. No. <laughs> I keep them on for my morale. <laughs> All right. We, we're, we're loading slowly. What is wrong with this? All right, this is from Variety and Adam B. Very. Adam B. Very what? <laughs> and it says that Angel Manuel Soto from Charm City Kings has signed on to direct Blue Beetle for Warner Brothers DC Films Division. Variety has confirmed bringing the studio's first uh, Lat Latinx Latinx mm -hmm. superhero movie closer to life. Uh, Gareth Dunnett Alcosser names are hard yeah who wrote miss who wrote miss bala and an earlier draft of luca oh man really what a good genius okay yeah what you said <laughs> upcoming remake of scarface is pinning the screenplay zev foreman is executive producing and the project aims to start production in the fall blue beetle is one of the oldest comic book superheroes first appeared as a Fox Comics character in 1939 from creator Charles Wachkowski. <laughs> that was another one. <laughs> um, he ultimately landed at DC in the 1980s after bouncing around through various publishers. But uh, for me, this is kind of kind of exciting because it's, it's a really cool character. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one that has never really broken through to the mainstream, right? Like other characters have done. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about it. So ever since Young Justice, um, which is now on HBO Max, the animated show that they did, like showed like a more of a uh, mature, uh, like uh, uh -huh. it's like between um, like their the sidekicks. And teen, it's it's older than Teen Titans, but younger than Titans. It's like that character range. Uh, Jamie Reyes was in it, and that's when I first turned on to the character. And since then, uh, I think it was season two, I started that he was in it. I started buying the comic books for Jamie Reyes uh, as Blue Beetle, and it was so good. I mean, Blue Beetle was even in Smallville season ten, um, and in Jamie Reyes, you know what I mean. And I'm really excited about this. I I hope. I hope deep down that it gets the character gets what it deserves, and it's not mm -hmm. your Aquaman, it's not your Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. You know what I mean? I just, I just I hope that it does not get treated the DCEU way, and it's actually what it needs to be, because that's a character that can do so much and do so well. And, and so you know, I I can't wait. I just when this broke, I was over the moon about it, um, and I'm really glad this is happening. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely going to be. I don't think they're going to mess this up. No, I feel like they've got the the writers and the director. I feel like they've got everything, um, where it should be. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. To our next story, uh, you'll see a common thread in these next three or so news bits. Um, Polygon 
reports via Matt Patches. Spider-Man No Way from No Way Home is officially the third film's title. So we had uh, we had Homecoming, Far From Home, and now No Way Home. Mm-hmm. There's a theme here. I, I can't tell what it is um, yet. <laughs> no, no, it's 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 there though. I can I can sense it. Yeah. <laughs> Your body sense so is tingling. The film. <laughs> <laughs> the film is scheduled to hit theaters on December the seventeenth. Uh, and it's, I mean, that's the the big piece here is No Way Home is is the title. Um, and here's the thing, and I know you're not as on big on uh, Instagram as much as like uh, I am and things like that. So news started breaking. I think it was either Tuesday night or Monday night that Tom Holland had released the name of the film. And he put, mm-hmm. like, it was a behind-the-scenes picture, and then it says, um, so excited to announce the new Spider-Man title. Can't wait for you lot to see what we've been up to. Love from Atlanta. And it was Spider-Man Phone Home. Hilarious. About an hour later, here comes um, his, his hand, uh, Jacob Battalion, who plays uh, Ned on there. Said, we're so excited to share the title of our new movie, Swipe Right for the New Reveal. It's another behind-the-scenes photo, another photo shot from the movie, and then it's Spider-Man Homewrecker. And then one hour comes along, here comes Zendaya. She says, so excited to announce the new Superman title. So proud of this one. FOS is back, and it's Friends of Spider-Man. And it's, again, another picture of the movie. And then with another title card, Spider-Man Home Slice. So you've got in three hours, three different movie titles. And then they, the next day, uh, Marvel and Tom Holland and everybody did the, the new Spider-Man title reveal. And uh, I know I texted it to you after we found out the, mm-hmm. the thing. And did you actually watch it? The little 30 seconds yeah. thing that they did? It, it was yeah. brilliant of how they did that. <laughs> but that, that goes back to what we've talked about before. Marvel is so good mm-hmm. at how they do this stuff. They're, they're phenomenal at it, and you wish other companies could be that on top of it. Yeah, and did you see the whiteboard at the end of the video? Like, uh, there were some pictures you could find throughout the internet, like, zoomed in on it, and it had all the names on the, like, around it, like, all the different ideas that we're going to do. And the phone home one said, someone wrote it behind it, like, probably copyrighted, right, with the question marks, and they crossed it out. It was, it was, they did such a good job with it. It's just like those little small moments that the MCU just just does so well. And just, I, mean, I we're pretty much uh, MCU stands here, but we don't discriminate against anything. So, just the MCU no, has just done no, so no, well, and their track it. record is beautiful. Yeah. <sighs> um, next up. Hey, here's a guy whose name's been mentioned here before. Uh-huh. Tom Holland. Oh, I know that guy. You heard him. Yeah. yeah. Heard him. Here's <laughs> another guy, Brandon Davis. Brandon Davis reports for comicbook.com that Tom Holland will not be under contract after Spider-Man No Way Home. Um, he joined the MCU in Captain America's Civil War, which was in 2016. He went on to Spider-Man Homecoming in 2017, Infinity War in 18, Endgame in 19, and Spider-Man Far From Home in that same year. And, of course, now he's he's in uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. But uh, it's it says ex- production is expected to wrap early this year, 
and then he's taking a hiatus from acting and getting some time for himself. As he should. I um, mean, he's been in so many movies recently. Yeah, because those were just the MCU movies. Yeah. I mean, he was in Chaos Walking, Cherry, Uncharted, Onward, Devil All the Time, which mm-hmm. we did a review of early make sh- on. Make sure you check that episode um, out. But, yeah, he he deserves a break. I'm wondering... Because one of the rumors for the MCU coming up was, are we going to see the formation of uh, the next Avengers? You know, mm-hmm. then maybe he takes a break and comes right back into it. It depends. I mean, it really just depends on their contract, and if they want him back, I'm sure they will. Um, and I, there's other reports because he all of this information came out just out of the interview he did with USA Today. And he says, you know, if they he goes as long as I keep looking young, but keep casting me as a high schooler, um, he says I'm ready to play the next ten Spider-Man movies, if that's what they want from me. He says, but because I love this character, because I love playing this character, and you know, as long as I keep looking young, and they want to keep casting me as a high schooler, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's some people find it frustrating for people to look at them and think that they're a teenager. Mm-hmm. But if you're in a business like this, you can make for a, a really, really good career. Right. Not me. I'm just, I'm just dashingly good looking and I still haven't got a call from anybody yet. <laughs> you intimidate people. Tyler. Uh, that's, that's exactly what it is. I'm waiting for Vikings yeah. to call me up and let me be an extra. Cause I'll do it. <laughs> I'll grow my beard out. Don't think I won't Chris. <laughs> I believe you. Uh, also from comicbook.com's Brandon Davis, uh, Tom Holland says Sony and Marvel already worked out future Spider-Man plans. Now, this is big news. Mm-hmm. This is bigger news than Tom Holland taking a break because there's no insinuation that they're going to recast the part. Uh, this is really big news because... This has been the fear ever since Sony kind of said, you know, we've got these rights and maybe we want to work with y'all, maybe we don't. Well, it was the same thing that happened before Spider-Man 2 was announced, um, Far From Home, because this was the big deal. Like, Uh you know, he was in the Avengers movies. Everyone was like, what do we, because the contract was up for the Spider-Man title for Sony and Marvel. So everyone was like, "What's, what's going on? So... Yeah, um, it says that as far as the public knows, Sony and Marvel Studios agreed to make one more Spider-Man movie, now known to be No Way Home, and put Spider-Man in one Marvel Studios film, which is not a standalone Spider-Man movie. Um, the terms of that agreement would be nearing expiration, but Tom Holland believes an agreement has already been made regarding the character's future. His quote was, the way I understand it is that agreement between the two studios has already happened. I don't think they're going to run into the same troubles that they did as we were going into, was it Spider-Man 2? Far From Home had come out, and then the whole thing happened between Sony and Marvel. I think the two studios have worked that out, and I don't think that'll be a problem in the future. That said, I'm just the actor, and I was a part of a few phone calls during that process, but I think they love working with each other. 
I think they found a way in which it can be beneficial for both studios. And I'm just kind of like a kid in the middle of it between two parents during an argument. <laughs> what a quote. <laughs> I mean, you know. It, That's he's, true, he's though. Right. <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> the other problem here, though, it says, is Holland's contract to play Spider-Man has now expired. But this gets to what you were talking about. He has a willingness to play the character for as long as they'll have it. Mm -hmm. um, another quote, Spider-Man 3 would be my last one under contract, so I've always said to them, if they want me back, I'll be there in a heartbeat. I've loved every minute of being a part of this amazing world. It's changed my life for the better. I'm so lucky to be here. If they want me back, I'll be there. If they don't, I'll walk off into the sunset a very, very happy person because it's been an amazing journey good for him um so yeah he's he he may have just broken some big news we don't know mm -hmm. it's and people marvel is they like yeah so. but uh, that's that's going to be huge i don't know how you i don't know how you go forward without spider-man yeah especially of everything that's happened in the mcu Right. I mean, you're not going to resurrect Iron Man. No. You know, Robert Downey Jr., I think, has indicated that he would come back, um, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. I think he said he would do something if they needed him to, but he's not pursuing that. Yeah. I mean, him and Chris no. Evans are both the same. They said that chapter is, is closed for both of them. Yeah. So, hopefully not so, for Tom Holland. No, hopefully not for Tom Holland. Uh, for the fifth story here, we have a Superman reboot in the works at WB and J.J. Abrams. It's to be written by Marvel Comics writer Ta-Nehisi Coates. Uh, there are two addendums to this. Henry Cavill's eager to get back into the cape. Mm -hmm. And it would reportedly be a black Superman story. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about that. Now, I know your Cavill's your favorite. Before we get into the article here, Cavill's your favorite Superman. Mm-hmm. You did So far, we... Listen, I, I'm, I'm telling you right now, Tyler Hecklin's uh, version of this is... Yeah. Is, start, is, is doing it for me. I mean, we've only seen an episode oh. in a couple of... Um, small little cameos and stuff in the Arrowverse and Crisis and everything. But it, it really just depends on the story and everything we see from Superman and Lois. But yeah, I mean, Henry Cavill right now is, is my favorite Superman. If you exclude uh, Tom Welling, because you just can't... You really can't call Tom Welling Superman quite yet, but you know what I mean. He was Clark. Yeah. Yeah. See, for me, it was uh, it was... Christopher Reeves, just mm. because that's the one that I grew up with. Yeah. Um, this story comes from Deadline and from Anthony D'Alessandro. I think I got that. Yeah, you nailed that one. That was a good uh, one. <laughs> so it's speaks of the confirmation that there is a reboot feature for Warner Brothers in DC, which J.J. Abrams is producing under his Bad Robot label. Uh, Hannah Mangela will serve as producer. There's currently no plot and no attachments. Despite Cavill's eagerness to get back into the cape, 
Um, it does mention Coates is attached to a Ryan Coogler-directed drama feature entitled Wrong Answer about a math teacher in Atlanta who's scandalized when he looks to get funding for his school by altering his students' test scores. Michael Jordan, I'm assuming they mean Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan. Not the basketball Not player, the basketball Michael player. Jordan. <laughs> is attached to wrong. Well, he could be producing it, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Um, so <sighs> this looks like it's going to be... It's Anytime they mention Reboot, it kind of worries me. Mm-hmm. Especially because like, of the DCEU stuff right now. Right. And, again, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse when I say this, but we've said many times one of DC's problems is they don't seem to plan things out properly. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's stuff Marvel put in Iron Man in 2008 that paid off <laughs> it's, it's still still paying out. <laughs> yeah. Because they plotted it out, and they planned this whole thing. And it's like DC says, hey, let's tell this great story, and then they want to retcon stuff later on to fit something else that they've decided to switch to. So, I don't know. I We'll see. I think they'll make a really good movie. Uh, I don't think that's in question. No. But how's it going to connect to everything? Is it meant to connect to everything? Well, and that's the is thing this... is... We have to stop doing these re reboots, and because how many Superman? Like, again, we've we've talked about our love for the Man in Red and Blue. Uh, it's, but how many more reboots do we need of him? How many more? Like, and we didn't even talk about the beginning of the episode of how they they brought the Superman character, and we didn't do a backstory. We all know the story of this. We all know the story of Batman. Like, how many more times do we need that? And if they do, in fact, if this is for sure, it'll get greenlit and everything down the road, we do not need a new origin story. Give us a new no. villain. We know how Superman is and how he was made and what made him who he is. Let's move past that. Let's get over that. I mean, Man of Steel did a great job, but, I mean, again, we already know what happened. So, right. I just, that's my thoughts on that. That's one reason I was such a big fan of the show Krypton, because it it was an origin story of the origin story. Basically. Right. You know, it, it was like, this is what happened to set up, you know. The his, show was gone too what, soon. Grand, grandparents, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gone way too soon. Um, it was funny I, when I watched on the CW site Superman and Lois. Mm -hmm. I watched it two nights ago. I left it playing, and it started to load up the pilot episode of Krypton. Oh, that's yeah, pretty cool. It's on there. Oh, so it's not bad at all, then. <laughs> well, that's pretty. You know, maybe there's maybe there's still some hope. But <laughs> they they should have stuck with that show. Mm -hmm. but anyway, that's all I have. For the uh, for the news here, there are releases though. Wow, first March time 5th. this year. <laughs> yeah, March fifth, Raya and the Last Dragon, theaters and Disney Plus Premium, and Chaos Chaos Walking, in theaters. That's all we've got. And 
Um, out of those, I do want to watch Chaos Walking. I will not watch it in a theater. Um, and I like what they're doing with Ryan, The Last Dragon. We will be watching uh, on Disney Plus Premium on that one. So it's another little uh, pixar movie. I'm really excited about that. But something else I'm really excited about is the video game sections. We've only got two news things to talk about, and they're kind of quick and easy to go through. But first, I want to know, have you been playing anything fun? Just my normal stuff. Just your norm. Um, I do. I do need to get back into Valhalla. We gotta listen. Um, we gotta do a spoiler episode of that and talk about it and review it and rank it. Well, not re- rank it, but review yeah. it. Yeah. And we've got some guest hosts for that you one. Finished, I'm excited. Right? Yeah, I'm done with it. Okay. I can't go through uh, and 100 percent it because it's bugged for me. But they're still working on oh, all yeah. that. Yeah, it's it's annoying. Oh, that yeah. sucks. Yeah. But especially if you get that close. To- yeah, because I'm a completionist when it comes to the Assassin's Creed games, and I can't complete everything, but I've completed, like, there's a big story beat at the end game that's, like, in the end of the game, and uh-huh. I can't complete it because the quest wasn't, won't load up from a certain character, and uh-huh. it's so annoying because I'm, I've been avoiding spoilers, I'm still avoiding spoilers for that, that line, but, like, I've beat the main story of the game. But this separate, uh-huh. uh, uh, it's the end of the order, the end of the uh, ancient order of the ancients. It's the last uh-huh. person. My quest will not load for me, and I don't, I don't know what to do at this point. So I'm just kind of, yeah. It's not but like they I, know about it, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, and they, it's in one of their known issue stuff. So I'm just kind of waiting until it gets patched in. The same with some of my other stuff. But uh, I've been playing a lot of Destiny Two again. Uh, mm-hmm. Still, you know, same thing with the movies. I haven't been able to watch or do a whole bunch of games. But, like, uh, this weekend, I I played a little bit more. And then I tried out the Outriders demo um, that launched this Thursday. And it's good. It's a game, like, it's a live live service game like Destiny 2. Um, I'm really excited about it. I, I like it. I'm ready for it to incubate just a little bit more and then to come out for the full version. Um, cause I'll play it. It's just... I, I bleed Destiny at this point as far as my MMORPG uh, live service game. But speaking of live service games, a nice transition there. Number one, EA and BioWare have decided to cease development on Anthem Game. We're going to Polygon.com by Michael McWhorter. BioWare and publisher EA are giving up on Anthem. The planned overhaul of the 2019 game, referred to as Anthem Next or Anthem 2.0, is coming to an end, BioWare said in an update on the status of Anthem. The studio will continue to run the current live service for it. Quote, in the spirit of transparency and closure, we wanted to share that we've made the difficult decision to stop our new development work on Anthem, a.k.a. Anthem Next. End quote. BioWare executive producer Christian Daly said in a post on the blog, we will, however, continue to keep the Anthem Live service running as it exists today. Um, Daily also noted that COVID-19 pandemic and work-from-home orders had an impact on the productivity. I know this will be disappointing to the community of Anthem players who have been excited to see the improvements we've been working on, he said. It's also disappointing for the team who are dealing brilliant work. And for me personally, Anthem is what brought me to Bioware. And the last two years have been some of the most challenging and rewarding experiences of my career. 
Game development is hard. Decisions like these are not easy. Moving forward, we need to laser focus our efforts as a studio and strengthen the next Dragon Age and Mass Effect titles while continuing to provide quality updates to Star Wars The Old Republic. Um, so Bioware announced in February 2020, a year after Anthem launched, to a tepid response from fans and critics that it planned to redesign the game. The goal in overhauling Anthem was to reinvent the core gameplay loop, said then Bioware General Manager Casey Hudson. He has since left Bioware. I played this game in 2019. It was going to be my uh, game of the year. I was so excited because you fly around these javelins. It was Iron Man-esque. Obviously, I was so excited for it. Uh, after the story, these kind of games, it's all about the end game. What's after the main campaign? Mm -hmm. And this game had nothing. It didn't have anybody keeping anybody there. It it was very stale and just was not what it was. And I, I love the game. I still do. But it just was not ready. They did not. They didn't get the formula that these live service games have to have. Um, but I'm, but you know, looking more into this article and everything and our support, they they are not firing any of those people. They're all just branching out to different parts of those studios, like Mass Effect, Dragon Age, and the Star Wars games. So, luckily, they didn't lose their jobs. But it is disappointing to hear that because I was getting excited for 2.0. Didn't really ask for it. I was hoping that they would just kind of stop, put their heads down, work on the second game, and come back better, at, you know, bigger and better than ever. So we still could get that, but well, it won't be from the same team. You mentioned that some of these people are being reassigned to the Star Wars games. Mm-hmm. But EA's losing the Star Wars games. Well, it's the the ones they're already working on. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, it's. It, I didn't know. I didn't know how many they had in development because you know Lucas was it Lucas Games. Yeah, Lucasfilm Games. That's. Yeah, it's, we've yeah. gone to everywhere else but EA. So, we'll see what happens. I mean, Bass Effect and Dragon Age are their are EA or BioWare's two flagship games, and mm -hmm. so at least they're all going to be working on that, strengthening those titles a little bit more. I hate it. I love Anthem. Right. But. It is what it is. And Chris, this is a fun one. I actually had to text to you, and we talked about it in text message a little bit. But our last story for yep. the day is President Biden is expected to sign an executive order to allow the production of more Xbox Series Xs and PlayStation 5s. A little clickbaity, but still true the same. We're going to GameSpot.com for this one by uh, Alessandro Barbosa. A semiconductor shortage brought on by the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic is beginning to become detrimental to a wide range of industries, prompting President Biden to launch an investigation how it can be solved. President Biden is expected to sign an executive order that will kick off a 100-day review of the semiconductor production pipeline so that alternatives and strategies can be formulated to alleviate its effect on the American economy. This follows a collective call for companies such as Apple, Sony, AMD, and Qualcomm from the pre for the president to take notes of the shortages and, and what it might mean for the economy in short and long term. Quote, Semiconductors play a critical role in enabling the products and services that fuel our economy and contribute to American innovation and enhance our national security, the group said in a letter to the president last week. Given the central role of semiconductors, strengthening the U.S. position in semiconductor research, design, and manufacturing is a national priority. The shortage is a major reason behind stock issues for electronics such as Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5, as well as computer components such as GPUs, laptops, and more. It's become so widespread that even the automotive industry is now struggling with electric vehicles requiring a large portion of the supply, too. 
So technically, he's exciting executive order to allow the production of more Xbox Series X's and PlayStation 5's. Just letting you know, that's exactly what that means, Chris. <laughs> We've got a gamer president. Whatever, whatever you think of him. The, the, the other things don't matter. It's no, no, it's, 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 it's what we're dealing with here. You know, it's about the economy, okay, yeah. Chris? It's about video games. <laughs> and speaking yeah. of video games, the only new game, well, the only game coming out this week that's worth mentioning is Yakuza Like a Dragon is getting its PlayStation 5 update on March the 2nd. Guys, that's it. We had a fun-filled show. We, we had a lot of new stuff come into the play. Um, of course, one of which is going to be our new movie and television reviews. We are going to leave that to you, the listeners and viewers, on Twitter. Uh, those will be put up on Nerdwide Podcast. They're going to start coming out on the Nerdwide Podcast Twitter instead of my personal Twitter. So make sure you're following nerd underscore wide on that service so you can get your vote in, let your voice be heard, and pick out which we're going to be watching and you are going to be watching as well and hearing our reviews. Um, speaking of Twitter, you can follow me at Ty underscore Haynes. You can follow Chris at MathTN7. But guys, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Nerdwide Podcast, which is episode 16. Again, I said at the beginning of the show, don't forget to subscribe, like, share around all your families and friends, and don't forget to like it or comment and let us know what we can do better or what we, you know, what you don't like that we're doing. If uh, you know, if I talk too much and, and Chris talks too much, let us know. Uh, if you know the color of my background back here is is boring you and you want me to change it up, let me know. If if Chris needs to drink a different uh, flavor of Gatorade, put that down in the comments. We can't know unless you put it in there. Um, or beer <laughs> or beer for that matter. But guys, thank you so much for listening and watching, and we cannot wait to see you next week for the episode seventeen. Guys, have a great week. Wash your hands, wear your mask, and social distance. Later, guys.